भगवते वासुदेवाय Following verse, 
He further explains his rejection of this process. Okay, I think we'll move on. Yeah. This is a story Kajit Nivartate Badrat Kajit Charajitat Punaha Prayasita Mato Partam Manye Kunja Sotavat Sometimes one who is very alert so as not to commit sinful activities is victimized by sinful life again. I therefore consider this process of repeated sinning and atonement to be useless. It is like the bathing of an elephant. For an elephant cleanses itself by taking a full bath, but then throws, throws dust over its head and body as soon as it returns to the land. Purple. And Bridget Maharaj inquired how a human being could free himself from sinful activities so as not to be forced to go to hell's planetary systems after death. Sigurd does finally answer that the process of counteracting sinful life is atonement. In this way, Sivadeva Swami tested the intelligence of Maharaj Richard to pass the examination by refusing to accept this process as genuine. Now, Richard Maharaj is expecting another answer from his spiritual master, Sivadeva Swami. Text 11 3 Madhuraya Nirvacha Kamana Karmanya Haro Nahigatyam Tikash Ishite Avidvat Adhikaritvat Payas Chitam Vimarshanam Sukhidev Swami, the son of Vedyas, answered My dear king, since acts meant to neutralize impious actions are also fruitive, they will not release one from the tendency to act fruitively. Persons who subject themselves to the rules and regulations of atonement are not at all intelligent. Indeed, they are in the mode of darkness. Hmm. Unless, unless one is freed from the mode of ignorance, try and counteract one's one act. Try and counteract one action through another is useless because this will not uproot one's desires. Thus, even though one may superficially, superficially seem pious, he will undoubtedly be prone to act impiously. Therefore, real atonement is enlightenment in perfect knowledge, Vedanta, by which one understands the supreme absolute truth. Purple, the Guru, Sudhaka Swami, has examined Prichit Maharaj and it appears that the king has passed one phase of the examination by rejecting the process of atonement because it involves fruitive activities. Now, Sugadev Goswami is suggesting the platform of speculative knowledge. Progressing from Karmakanda to Gyanakanda, he is proposing Prayasitam, Vimarashana. Real atonement is full knowledge. Vimarshana refers to the correlation of speculative knowledge. In Bhagavad Gita, karmis who are lacking in knowledge are compared to asses. Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, chapter 7, text 15, Narmam Tushkutino Mudha Prapadyante Naradama Mayaya Paritijana Asuram Bhavam Asritaha those miscreants who are grossly foolish, lowest among mankind, whose knowledge is stolen by illusion, and who partake of the atheistic nature of demons, do not surrender unto me. Thus, kamis who engage in simple acts, and who do not know the true objective of life, are called mudhas, asses. Vimashana, however, is also explained in Bhagavad Gita, chapter 15, text 15, where Krishna says, the purpose of Vedic study is to understand the Supreme Personality of Godhead. One studies Vedanta, but merely advances somewhat in speculative knowledge and does not understand the Supreme Lord, one remains the same Mudha. As stated in Bhagavad Gita, chapter 7, text 19, 
One attains real knowledge when he understands Krishna and surrenders unto him. Bahunam, Janmanam, Ante, Gyanam, Mam, Rupajate. To become learned and free from material contamination, therefore one should try to understand Krishna. For thus one is immediately liberated from all pious and impious activities and their reactions. Om Agyanatmiyandasya Gnanjana Sabakaya Chachurum from 
these material desires. Prayasitam Vimarshanam. Full knowledge of Vedanta is described here. Now, in the purple, what does Srila Prabhupada say? Real atonement is full knowledge. This is what Sukadeva Swami is recommending. Progressing from Karma Kanda to Jnana Kanda. He is proposing Prayaschitanti Mahashanam. Real atonement is full knowledge. But Prabhupada says here, Vimashanam refers to the cultivation of speculative knowledge. In the translation, it's given as full knowledge of Vedanta. But Prabhupada clarifies it more specifically. Speculative knowledge, although maybe it may be based on Vedic principles. And, and uh, then Prabhupada says, in the Bhagavad Gita, karmas were lacking in knowledge compared to asses. Namam dushkriti namudha. Prapadjante naradamaha. Mayaya parita jnana asura bhavama svitaha. So he, <laughs> Prabhupada, uh, uh, Is, is, is describing here the foolish people, the asses, mudha. An ass is a is a is a is, a, is a, often used as the an example of a foolish man who works hard day and night. To be given some straw by his master. Some meagre food. Whereas, you know, the grass, Prabhupada explains, the grass is everywhere. Growing on the side of the road, he has to eat anywhere, but still he has to serve his master and be beaten, carry heavy loads. And he's given a small amount of a small business for his work, right? And then when he when he goes to the she ass for some enjoyment, she kicks him in the face. Right? And um, you know you know the book Winnie the Pooh? You may not. You may or you may not. Yeah, Winnie the Pooh. So Winnie the Pooh's friend is called Eeyore. Right? Eeyore. And I always wonder, why is he called Eeyore? Right? Until, again in India, the, the truth of the, the animal analogies came close to home. And I saw the donkey getting kicked. And he goes, Eeyore! <laughs> And so snorts, snorts and carries on. Right? So then I realised, ah, now I don't want to still be evil. This is the noise he makes. So, Vimashana means, Prabhupada clarifies, Vimashana means Vidaishasavairaham eva vidyaha. The real purpose of the Vedas 
is to now the end of Vedanta. Vedanta created Veda Vita Eva Chaham. The purpose of study in the Vedanta is to come to the understanding that Krishna is the well, Krishna is the goal. Krishna is the end of all knowledge. Vedanta. Veda Vita Eva to know me. That's the purpose of studying the Vedas. And uh, and Prabhupada makes a point here if one studies Vedanta but merely advances somewhat in speculative knowledge and and does not understand the Supreme Lord, one remains the same. One, one can study the Vedas but not come to the conclusion of the Vedas and so therefore remain in ignorance and not surrender. And, and so Prabhupada mentions here, after many, many births, after many, many births, one comes to this realization that Krishna is the, uh, the, the source of everything. Vasudeva Sabhameti Samahatma Sudhula Baha. But such a Mahatma is very rare. We see that amongst even, uh, I mentioned this the other day, we see that even amongst the devotees who come to Krishna consciousness and surrender for some time but then relax and go because they come to this full realization. It's somewhat um, speculative or not fully understood. But Prabhupada says here that. When one attains real knowledge, when he understands Krishna and surrenders unto him, and of course this is a, this is the end, I guess, of the, the, the final stage of the nine processes of devotional service, right? Shravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu, Smaranam, Padasevanam, Archanam, Vandanam, Dasyam, Atmanivedanam. So, hearing, chanting, remembering, serving. Well, Ajahn is the worship effectively, but serving. And then Parasevana, rendering service to the Lotus Feet of the Lord. Vandana. Uh, um, Offering prayers, Atmanivedanam, fully surrendering. These are the nine items of, of devotional service. So one has to continuously surrender to Krishna. Otherwise, if the devotional service is mixed, if it's mixed with karma, desires for material profit, or if it's mixed with desires for speculative knowledge. then it's not pure. And pure devotional service is, is, has to be achieved or arrived at in order to arrive at this stage of full purification, which is being, will be described here by. But of course, this is, is very interesting because the story of Ajahnil shows us that even a small amount of emotional service, even if it's not fully pure, is effective. Uh, so we shouldn't uh, should give this up to uh, it doesn't work. When we find that we're not fully purified, of course this is a stage of unanimity. And of course the stage of understanding the process of Bhakti. So our cultivation of knowledge is not so much uh, developing a full understanding of all the Vedic principles and 
all of the literature found, all of the Dharma Shastra, But we studied the Bhakti Shastra. That which focuses on pure devotional service, or whose ultimate goal is pure devotional service. So, our cultivation of knowledge as bhaktas, as, as devotees, as vidva, right, those who learn it, is to cultivate an understanding of our relationships with Krishna, uh, Sambandha, The relationships between the chit and achit shaktis of the material creation and the relationship with the Lord. Ishvaraha Parana Krishna Satchit Ananda Vigraha Anadi Radi Govinda Sadhakarana Karana. Everything comes from Krishna. And should be used in Krishna's service. We are servants. Knowledge of our relationship with Krishna means we should understand that we're not this body. And then, and so the question might be, if we're not this body, what are we? And we should know we're servants. And and so part of our cultivation of knowledge is to understand this relationship, but then know how to act in that relationship. And so that's that's what the the bhakti shastra, if you like. Teaches, Bhagavad Gita teaches, Srimad Bhagavatam teaches. You know, there's that story of Satsuruta Maharaj, then Satsuruta Das, who had got a copy of the Narada Bhakti, Bhakti Sutras. Uh, he was reading them and he showed them to Prabhupada and was showing some appreciation for them. And and he asked Prabhupada if he could translate them, and Prabhupada said he would. And he did. A number of verses. Eventually the book was finished off by Satsuri. But Satsuri Maharaj explains that Prabhupada had stopped, and then Prabhupada explained that the Bhagavad Gita and the, the Srimad Bhagavatam teach the same things. And so therefore, and that's what he was concentrating on. So effectively, you know, he, could, he would complete the work of translating the Narada Bhakti Sutras by teaching the Bhagavad Gita and teaching the Srimad Bhagavatam. And so the, the, there's that knowledge of our relationship with Krishna, but then there's the knowledge of Abhidaya or practice. Right? Which is, you know, why we study, if you like, to, to cement our understanding of our relationship with Krishna as a servant. And be purified then of these tendencies for material enjoyment or material accumulation of wealth, of learning, of influence, our power, fame, whatever. And just being a servant, a very humble servant. Is that easy? Being a humble servant? No. It's easy being a puffed up servant. You start thinking, yes, I'm very qualified. I'm a very qualified servant. <laughs> and you discover, no, I'm not. So, study is important. And, and that's why Prabhupada gave us so much literature. And, and, and that the relationship of a servant to the master in devotional service is very nuanced, it's very subtle, it's not subtle, it's purely spiritual, which sometimes can be lost to us in our, you know, haze of ignorance of, of material existence.
16 attentive, focused rounds of the Mahamantra. How do you feel? Huh? Like you're floating. Like it's working. Yeah. Floating. 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 Huh? How do you feel? Like you're floating, you said. Floating. Yeah, but how do you feel? Euphoric, I think. Euphoric. Yeah, euphoric. I remember when I, when I um, the first morning program that I experienced. Actually, it might not have been the first. Well, I think it was. There's a couple of experiences that I had. The first time I went to the temple, and I really was, I don't think I've ever been able to do it successfully ever again, was to hear the Mahamantra, and I thought, wow, this is what they mean. It's real. I was really enthused. Because, you know, I heard the devotees preaching and I told them how to reach them, but then I heard Sometimes, and you know, Prabhupada mentions how Lord Chaitanya sometimes he gives away his wares freely, you know, just like a businessman gives a taste of, you know, the market, they give you a taste of the cheese that they're selling or whatever, uh, or other things that are unmentionable. Uh, so sometimes Krishna enthuses us by giving us a, 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 a taste. Uh, now we realize, whoa, wow, that's right. Now I know why I'm doing what I'm doing. So we need to become an expert in making ourselves qualified to get that, that be attentive in our chanting. Effectively, that's the You know, what's we, we, when we chant the when we chant the uh, ten offences at the end, what do we say? It is also an offence to be inattentive or something. Uh, yes. Is that working? Yeah. It's also an offence to be inattentive while chanting. Is it working? That is a good question. Yeah, it's working. It's working. Perhaps not now. So, you know, although it's also related to the tenth offence, right? To not have faith, not to have complete faith in the chanting of Hare Krishna because of maintaining material attachments. But also, you know, just being influenced too much by ignorance. And not paying attention, being too tired, for example, is a, is, is a good one. So learning, and this is, this is why the association of learning is important, and why we study the, the Vedas, if you like. What is it? Vedas cha sadhayaraham eva vidya vidanta eva jaha is to know our relationship with Krishna, but then how to act, Amidaya. And this is why we study, and need to continuously study, the Bhagavatam and the Bhagavad Gita, and you know, the basic books of Prabhupada's given us, Nectar of Devotion, and Chaitanya Charitamrita, these are the four pillars of our, this is our Bhakti Shastra. Yeah, so Prabhupada says he can become learned and free from material contamination. So becoming learned means purified of these tendencies for karma and jnana. And of course that's the definition from Rupa Goswami. Anyabila shitashanam, jnana kamadina vritam. Anukulena, trishtanam shiranam. Bhakti Uchitev. Uttama Bhakti. So, um, once, and so Prabhupada says, therefore, so here's our main point here, one should try to understand Krishna. For thus one is immediately liberated from all pious and impious activities and their reactions. 
So here the cultivation of knowledge, not just an understanding of the Vedas, but an understanding of the purpose of the Vedas. This, this, is, this is important. Otherwise one might think, yes, performance of these type of sacrifices, or performance of these kind of austerities, or drilling the breath, you know, performing asanas and all of that to, to, to learn to control the breath, to control the mind, and then controlling the mind, understand that you're not the body, you're spiritual by nature, you know, this is the beginning. <clears throat> but there's more than that. Going beyond understanding you're not the body, you're not the mind, you're not the intelligence, you're pure spirit, spirit soul. Um, and as a pure spirit soul, Krishna does, uh, or does he, understand one's identity, uh, that's, a real, that's the real purpose of studying the Vedas. Not just coming to the point of understanding that you're spiritual by nature, because then you just you may be stuck at that level, and not then understand your personal identity, your your spiritual identity. Just understand, oh, I'm not the body, I'm spiritual. Well, that's good, but one needs to go beyond that even to the point of, well, if you're spiritual, then who are you? Spiritual is not enough. So therefore, study of the Bhakti Shastra is required. And, and, and so therefore, you know, uh, one understands the process, of course the beginning of the process is surrendering to the spiritual master, as we discussed the other day. So, hmm, um, Uh, one devotees especially need to be consistent and uh, <coughs> determined, undeviated. And and the way to do that is to cultivate knowledge. And, and really we do that by studying Prabhupada's books. So that we can distinguish what the Bhagavatam says, reality from illusion. Right? Beginning, right at the beginning of the Bhagavatam. The purpose of the Bhagavatam is to distinguish reality from illusion. So therefore Bhagavad Gita Srimad Bhagavatam uh, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu Nectar Devotion Chaitanya Chaitanya Then one will attain a real knowledge and and Surrender, what surrender really means. Something that goes on all the time. Does anybody have any comments or questions?
when you close the name, you still have Prabhu as Krishna and Rama and Hari. Okay, they can still have the same purifying effect. There are, it's described in the Harinam Chintamani how there are varieties of names of, of the Lord and how they're all potent. They're all potent. They all have potency. But the names of the personal names, if you like. So, so you know, the Lord can be known as the Ishvara, right? Or the Parama Ishvara, the Supreme Controller. So, you know, that's why God in the office, Lord and I, and, and He's worshipped with awe and reverence. Right? And usually He's the God that everybody goes to and says, Oh, my dear Lord, please, you know, give me this, give me that, give me another thing. Right? And so, uh, praying to Lord Vishnu in that mood of awe and reverence is beneficial, obviously, and purifying. But the names that have the most potency or the most power of, for purification are those personal names that describe the Lord in his original form. Right? I, I haven't read the Hare Namchintamani for quite some time, so I've forgotten the logic that's used by Hare Namchintamani. Actually, Hare Namchintamani is written by Bhaktivinoda Thakur, but it's a conversation between Hare Das and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Right? So, uh, Hare Krishna and Rama are very uh, intimate and uh, personal. Uh, personal in the sense, of course, you know, worshiping Lord Vishnu and Narayan is not impersonal. And, and we see how Ajamil perfected his life by chanting the name of Narayan, even though that was his son's name. Right? He got the benefit. But, but if you look at the Haridan Chintamani, the Bhaktivinoda describes, Haridan Sankur describes how the names of Krishna describe the original, the Adipurusham, right? The original personality of God. And also, Hare Krishna is Krishna and his internal potency, his internal, personal uh, expansion of his internal spiritual energy through the personification of which is Shumakiravarani. So when we're chanting these uh, names of God that are um, immediately personal and referring to him in his original form, they have the greatest potency to describe, right? So there's benefits. Right? But the benefit that accrues to one who chants these very personal names, and that's why we give it the Maha Mantra, and that's why it's called the Maha Mantra, right? Because it has the, the biggest, the greatest effect when chanted, you know, without personal motivation, um, purely for, with a desire to satisfy Krishna, with, with a desire to surrender, then that has the greatest potency. Yet, so, you know, in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says that we should encourage people in acts of devotion, right? 
Don't disturb the minds of the uh, those who don't have a full understanding of the potency of Chani Hare Krishna and so they're fixed in a particular cultural setting. Right? And so Chani Hare Krishna may be too foreign for them. Right? We don't disturb them. We encourage them and gradually they'll come to the point of understanding. So in that context, we encourage people to chant. Somebody was open to the idea, and I would say, Chana Hare Krishna. Huh? Even Prabhupada mentions in the Nectar Devotion how people imitate the devotees by shaving their heads. Huh? And even imitate them by Chana Hare Krishna, <laughs> which is what we do, you know. Still, there's benefit. Uh, imitation of a good thing is good. Yeah. Anything else? May I ask a question? May I ask motive? Because we live in a material world, so we cannot stop acting. And uh, when we act, there is always a reaction. And the uh, reaction can be of material kind and spiritual kind. And what comes if, uh, uh, let's um, say, uh, when Maharaj uh, Bali refused to uh, follow instructions of his spiritual master uh, not to give uh, Lord Vam uh, uh, three steps of land, he broke the rule. He didn't follow the instructions of his spiritual master, mm. but his motive was uh, pure. So it doesn't mean that if we uh, we need to consider our motive of action uh, as the main uh, reason how to act. Yes, yes, and, and that's why it, it, it's very interesting. You know, the process of bhakti does deal very much with the internal right? purity and purity of motivation and so um, Bali Maharaj was punished for his disobedience but rewarded for his motive right? and so the Lord was pleased, even though his guru was displeased, which underlines the fact that his guru was actually not behaving properly. He wasn't really a guru at that point. And so one can reject a guru if they're not teaching properly. That's, right? That's what that teaches us. That simply blind following is a measure of a person's, not necessarily a measure of a person's sincerity, although it could be, but also it can be a measure of a person's stupidity. Right? If the guru is off, he's no longer the guru. Hmm? Well, can happen, does happen, has happened, as we see in our Shastra. So, uh, by Krishna, Lord, Lord, oh, uh, Balimahana, uh, sorry, um, Ramanade, Upendra, uh, uh, understood the sincerity of Bali. Uh, 
And that Bali Maharaj was fully surrendered to him. Despite the risks that would come from disobeying his guru. And so, and despite the fact that he knew that everything would be taken away from him, <laughs> you know, he knew everything would be taken. But he didn't mind because he also understood that it didn't belong to him, it wasn't his. So, um, yes, Krishna does see the motivation and the devotees do see the motivation and, and, and Krishna also sometimes overlooks the material motivation of the devotee because the devotee has sincerely served him and glorified him right? we see that interestingly in the case of Daksha who got the darshan of Lord Vishnu, yet his motivation for worshipping Lord Vishnu was to become a progenitor. And also, interestingly, uh, Lord Brahma pleased Krishna, yet his motivation was to pursue, you know, to create a material creation. It's, it's a, he, he wanted to do it on Krishna's behalf, but still that was a material activity. As recognized by Krishna himself. But the motivation was to do it as Krishna said. As Krishna said, that's right. Yes. So he said, I appreciate what you want to do. Here's how you need to act to perfect the performance of your material activities by marrying them or by connecting them with Krishna. And so that's what we do. Right? And why we study the Shastra is so that we can learn what is the correct motivation. Even if my desire is to do things exercising my natural proclivities, which are basically determined by our material setting, huh? how do we purify that? We purify that by the the, the process of sadhana, no? the process of bhakti, <clears throat> by understanding our relationships and then understanding the process. So there's sabhanga, knowing who we are, and then amidaya, you know who you are, now act. No? And, and you know, a lot of what we do is, a lot of our motivation, devotees' motivation is, you know, who am I? A lot of people's motivation, people are very confused in this day and age, right? Even we get confused. Maya, we get it, we say, oh, I'm in Maya. Basically confused, right? Everything is clear as mud. Uh, and so, we're recommended then to follow the surrendering process because that re-establishes our identity. Uh, you know, uh, Prabhupada explains that you know sometimes we'll just be in a state of bewilderment. Just like if you see the fish pond and you get a stick. Right? You put the stick in the fish pond and just stir it around the bottom and everything, and then all the dirt and everything comes up. And the, through the, you can't see anything. It's all just cloudy water. And Prabhupada says, then, what you need to do if you're in that situation, in that setting, chant Hare Krishna. And chanting Hare Krishna is like the settling of the water until it becomes clear. And then from the chanting Hare Krishna, clear again. Huh? And then we remember, here yeah, I'm Krishna servant. I serve Krishna by serving my Guru Maharaj, by serving Srila Prabhupada. You know, ultimately Prabhupada is our, 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 
out what is our family, which I mean, we, we call it. And so we follow Prabhupada's instructions. Our guru says, follow Prabhupada's instructions. And what does Prabhupada say? Uh, become a member of Islam. Preach. Huh? Then we remember, oh, uh, yeah, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Huh? And then when we do that, then, you know, all of the, the, the clarity of purpose, the clarity of identification, becomes manifest. And then we're happy, you know, we're, ah, yeah, that's it. How come I forgot that? Huh? How come I forgot that? So, Krishna does reciprocate with the devotee if he follows the process, even if there is some material motivation. Right? That's a given. It's kind of a given. You're in a material world? Well, how did you get here? Because of material desires, obviously. Right? Otherwise, we wouldn't be here if we had just pure, if we had pure spiritual desire, we wouldn't be here. Or we'd be at the platform of somebody like Sri Prabhupada. So we're not obviously at that point. So, uh, you know, Bali Maharaj did have material desires. Otherwise, how did he become, how did he conquer the demigods? But inherently, was was that devotee. But inherently, in Bali Maharaj was a even though he's a, he's a demon. Right? Bali Maharaj is a demon. The, the grandson of another famous demon. Who? Prabhat Maharaj. Right? Ah, his grandson. His grandson of Prabhat Maharaj. I think so. Isn't that right? Or is the other way around? Bali Maharaj is the grandson of, of Prahlad? Yes. yes, but his son and his, uh, his father is really... Yeah, anyway, demons can be devotees. But they're demons because there must be some material consideration. Because Prahlad Maharaj is rather exceptional. So, um, extraordinarily exceptional. But we don't fit into that category. So there may be some material motivation in the heart of a devotee. And so therefore the sadhana process, the Chanihari Krishna, the study of book, you know, study of the Bhakti Shastra, is what purifies that. So even though Lord Brahma was did have a, an inclination, let's say a material inclination. Krishna instructed him, here's how you purify and perfect those activities. And we have that, you know, you, you're, um, in your setting, you have your duties to perform, right? Material, so-called material duties. But we, and, and you know, I have my, Set the setting that I was born into and my propensity to act and my duties to perform. And Krishna emphasizes that a lot in the Bhagavad Gita, just do your duty, right? But he also clarifies that by saying, you know, we sacrifice our material tendencies by dovetailing them or engaging them in spiritual activities or spiritual purpose and that's where that measure of sincerity, that measure of practice, that that uh, motivation as you mentioned is measured by Krishna and is seen by Krishna and was seen by Bhagavad Krishna saw that or Vamanadev saw that in Bali Maharaj and rewarded him accordingly a lesson for us, he took away everything, all of his material, <laughs> he took away everything, 
He took away everything. So Krishna will take away everything. When we chant Hare Krishna, we pray to Krishna to take away everything from me. <laughs> or but don't be surprised if he does. But the interesting thing is he'll be giving it all back again. When we're able to use it in his service. In that pure environment. Purified environment. So yeah, motivation is everything. But it's purified by Chanting Hare Krishna purely, and we chant Hare Krishna purely by study of the Shastra. And association with the devotees. That's how we learn to chant. You're a bit late for class, Jenna. Okay, I think we should finish here. We're getting the red up. We're getting rounded up by these guys. By the cowboy boys. What's that? By the cowboy boys. Yeah, the cowboy boys. <laughs> Just because they're small doesn't mean they're necessarily cowboy boys. They could be gopies. Or you could be the Gopi recognizing the Cowherd boys. We don't know. Okay, congratulations and Babu Dham Ki Jai. Jai.